This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. I am Freddie Coleman. He's Harry Douglas. Thanks for joining us as we're presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell that snot speaker to play ESPN radio. We're going to find how tough Harry Douglas really, really was or was not when the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Raheem Morris, who had a chance to coach against Harry Douglas, he's going to stop by in 30 minutes because we just heard how tough you did not want to be to being the third-string emergency quarterback. So, oh, no, 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 that's not my contract, boss. So we're going to find Raheem Morris. How tough was it to deal with you in the National Football League, the game plan against you, Harry Douglas? Let me defend myself. Might as well do it now. You may not have now, a chance later on. Now, Freddie... <laughs> I went to thinking about my contract. I went to thinking about my little small body. And I said, nope, 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 nope. I'm not made to go back there behind no center, taking no snaps, trying to throw no football. Wasn't for me. You know what? As someone who's never played in the NFL, never had the, the, the ability to do so, I approve of that message because those guys get bigger and faster and stronger. And they realize you're not a quarterback and they know you're not a quarterback. Oh, they're coming for you. But if, if I'm going to be taking that punishment, mm-hmm. I need to be compensated as such. <laughs> you and that was not going to be the case. I don't think you can renegotiate your, renegotiate your contract, contract hey. midway through the game. Third quarter, <laughs> mid-third quarter. Hey, I need to talk to, need to, talk to <laughs> Thomas Dimitrov. <laughs> They're like, now in the middle of a drive? <laughs> you got to revise this bad boy, baby. Can you imagine Dimitrov gets on the phone? Wait a minute. Harry wants to re- re- renegotiate what? Now we got a game going on here. He's not going to go back out there if he doesn't get a renegotiation of his contract. That's what he wants. Yeah, man. Uh-uh. That's just like me when I was getting recruited in mm-hmm. high school, right? Right. There were some teams who wanted me to play corner. Mm-hmm. I wasn't playing corner in no Big Ten, weighing 5'8", 125 coming out of high school. Who I'm tackling in the Big Ten? Air. You better believe it, because I'm going to miss every one of them. <laughs> I was talking about just like tackling hair, period. You, you said you were going to make business decisions. I'm going to make a, multiple business decisions at 125. Oh, my God. <laughs> nobody. I ain't tackling nobody at 125. Oh, my goodness. Well, we'll get to the truth about Harry when it comes to defending him and going up against him. Raheem Morris, the new head coach of his Atlanta Falcons, meaning Harry's Atlanta Falcons, he's going to stop by in 30 minutes right here on Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Try not to laugh. See you next to Channel 80. I tell you, Smart, speaking to play ESPN Radio. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> you're thinking back to that day, aren't you? You're thinking Man. back to that, aren't you? William Gay, who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, played uh-huh. in the league for a very long time. Right. He thought he was going to be the smallest person at the University of Louisville. Okay. And until he seen me get on the scale. <laughs> and he told me, he immediately said, oh, man, I'm not the smallest one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. I didn't give it anything just to be around that. Just to see William Gay's going, oh, I'm good now. <laughs> Somebody else is dealing with that. No matter what you think about the stature of Brock Purdy, he may be small in stature. But he's become big time for the San Francisco 49ers, whether you like it or not. There was an interesting question that was posed earlier today. And our man Shannon Penn decided to say, hey, Harry and Freddie needs to discuss this when it comes to Brock Purdy and how evaluations are happening and will continue to happen and have happened in the National Football League. But no matter what you think about Brock Purdy, 
He's always going to believe in Brock Purdy. Like I said earlier, you know, people can overlook you, may not think you're the biggest, the fastest, the strongest, but, man, if you believe in yourself and you think that you have what it takes and you truly do believe that and you don't give up on it, then you can achieve it. I'm not saying you have to hold on to that idea in itself because you'll be so consumed with it, and if you don't get it, then you're going to obviously be upset with it and not be able to move on, but believe in yourself and, and give it give it a shot because you never know. You never, you know, leave a stone unturned. Like, that's sort of the mindset. Hopefully, I've been able to give people belief, whether it's football, baseball, doesn't matter what sport. Watching Get Up this morning, they had the question, how does the development of Brock Purdy and the success he's had? When you think about it, he hasn't played two full seasons as he's starting quarterback in the National Football League. He got the job in terms of when Jimmy Garoppolo got injured, and he ain't giving it back. And he started all 17 games this year. And they had that question about how his development success, how could that impact how people start or how we, as Joe and average Joe Josephine fan, will evaluate quarterbacks coming out of college where they've been there for a short amount of time or were they the whole four years like Brock Purdy was at Iowa State? Freddie, it, it's not going to alter how people, you know, value the quarterback position. We got to think about this. When you look at Tom Brady and what Tom Brady was able to do, when you look at Joe Montana being a third-round pick, Tom Brady being a sixth-round pick, Brock Purdy being a seventh-round pick, right? Sometimes there's just guys that come along that are able to defeat and beat the odds Mm -hmm. and are perfect for the situation that they're in at the moment. Sure. I feel like that's Joe Montana. I feel like that was Tom Brady. I feel like that was Brock Purdy. But also, there are things that have to occur Mm -hmm. that gives those guys those opportunities. Sure. Tom Brady, who had to get hurt? Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe. Right. For Brock Purdy, who had to get hurt? Two quarterbacks. That's right. Mm -hmm. Two quarterbacks, right? But I also have seen a lot of these executives try to soul search for the next Patrick Mahomes and derail franchises because yeah. of it. Yeah. Right? Right. So I, I, I just think it has to – first of all, you got to understand your offensive system. And I do believe that great coaches adapt to players. But every quarterback's not going to work in the system that Brock Purdy's in. Mm-hmm. Every quarterback's not going to work in the system that Patrick Mahomes is in or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. So you you evaluate talent based on what your coaching staff has, but if you have a dynamic player, your coach will adapt to that human being. One thing you just said struck me really, really well in terms of, yeah, it's about who you draft, but what are you going to do with them when they get there? How many teams we've seen had – High-level draft choices of guys who are highly regarded coming out of college and completely Mm -hmm. screwed them up. You look at these two football teams. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, Isaiah Pacheco. I can go on down the list of Kansas City. San Francisco, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey that they got in the trade. Not just Brock Purdy, but plenty of players that have gotten to those two coaches and they've become even better because it's not about so much evaluation. That's important. But what are you going to do when they get there? What kind of coaching are they getting? How many times have we seen Alabama players get to Alabama? He'll get a two-star guy, and people say, why'd you draft that? Why'd you recruit that guy? Then that guy winds up in the NFL. He gets a three-star guy. Why, what did you see about him? Wind up in the NFL. Then four- and five-star guys, they become first-round picks or lottery picks when it comes to the National Football League, top five, top eight picks in the National Football League under the tutelage of Nick Saban because he not only was terrific at finding talent, but making that talent better the minute it got on his campus. And guys that didn't measure up wind up transferring and not measuring up to other places as well outside of Jalen Hurts. And that was because he got beaten out by Tua Tungvaluwa and wanted to be a starting quarterback, and he got the Lincoln Ryland. We saw it happen there with Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma, then the National Football League. 
the same principles apply more than ever before. And it's even more paramount now in the NFL. It does matter who you draft, but what are you going to do when they get there? I wonder how many people believe that the Chicago Bears about to fill Justin Fields or maybe they overrated Justin Fields when it came to the evaluation process at the quarterback position. Lord knows, look how the Jets screwed up Zach Wilson. They overdrafted him anyway. Then he gets to the Jets, and to be honest with you, they didn't coach him up properly. And he became thrown on the sword for the sins of others in that organization because they overdrafted him and then gave him too much too soon when he clearly was not ready to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Now you don't know what his NFL future is going to look like. He could be in the NFL wilderness because the Jets organization screwed him up. That's the one thing we have not seen from Andy Reid in Kansas City and Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. When they've gotten guys and they've gotten talented guys or guys that were on that cusp, they have not screwed them up. And that's why they're always going to be near the top as long as that philosophy and that evaluation process and coaching process is going to be part of the staples of Kansas City and San Francisco. Yeah, development is a huge thing with these organizations and how you're able to develop these players, not just the quarterback position. But when I look at the Kansas City Chiefs and how many young guys they have defensively, whether it's Karloffis um, mm-hmm. The guys in the secondary Leo Chanel. That, that are able to play at a high level, right? Absolutely. Because of the development and how they're able to be coached. And then also, Freddie, I think supporting cast means a lot too. And what I mean by supporting cast, yes, it's okay for Brock Purdy to have stellar athletes around him at the quarterback position because we have seen what it looks like when a quarterback is drafted high yeah. and they don't have people around them. And I understand, you know, Brock Purdy's a seventh-round draft pick, but I'm just saying a young quarterback with talent around him, right, and the proper coaching. We just finished talking to Trevor Lawrence. Well, look at Trevor Lawrence in his first year. Mm -hmm. It was horrible. It was horrendous because the environment wasn't good for him. Also, Patrick Mahomes, when he became the starting quarterback, the environment when he got drafted alone the year he set out was a phenomenal environment Mm -hmm. on top of Andy Reid, on top of assistant coaching. But also, thirdly, having a supporting cast and guys around him. Right. 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 So I think all of those things are valuable for these young quarterbacks when they start to play in the National Football League. And we got to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit when these players instantly aren't as good as we think they should be because we forget that supporting cast and what's around them and how they're developed talent-wise is a huge part in that whole ordeal as well. And they shouldn't be punished because they've been able to thrive in such situations Yep, and in such environments. A lot of people have punished Brock Purdy because of that, which makes absolutely no sense to any of us. Harry Douglas, Freddie Cohen together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're a driver and you switch and save with Progressive, you can save nearly $750 on average. So do yourself a favor. Call or click today to find out they can save you hundreds on your car insurance. So Brock Purdy in his second year is about to play for the world championship against Patrick Mahomes, who has not one but two rings on his fingers and wants to try to get his third in four years. No matter what you think, it only matters what we think in this exercise. We bring in our producer, Shannon Penn. We're going to do a little pace and space involving Purdy, Brock Purdy, and who will we take, Brock Purdy or this quarterback? So Shannon Penn, we can't wait to see who you have for us. The floor is yours right now on Freddie and Harry. All right, Freddie, let's start with Jordan Love. Who you got, Brock Purdy? Who you taking, Brock Purdy or Jordan Love? I'm going to take Jordan Love. I'm going to take his upside based on what I've seen so far. People wonder, okay, you you drafted this guy to replace Aaron Rodgers, and all he's done is to go wow, wow, and wow. He got better and better and better, just like Brock Purdy did. It's close. 
But right now, Harry and Shannon and everybody, I'll take Jordan Love just a little bit over Brock Purdy. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jordan Love as well. Uh, I think what he showed us, especially the last 10 games of the year and how phenomenal he was, the athleticism, to be able to throw off every platform, one foot, fade away like Dirk Nowitzki. He happened to do that in Dallas versus the Dallas Cowboys. So <laughs> shout out to the statue that they have down there. Mm. I'm going Jordan Love. All right, well, we just had him on the show, Harry. Who you got? Who you taking, Brock Purdy or Trevor Lawrence? And this is just for right now at this moment? Right now, where we are right now, 2024, heading mm-hmm. to the next season. Yeah. Give me Brock Purdy. Okay. I'm taking Brock Purdy. And Trevor Lawrence, he has the upside. But the consistency factor for me with Trevor Lawrence and the lack of that, right. which, that leads me to say I would rather have Brock Purdy. Hmm. I'm not going to give give up on Trevor Lawrence just yet. I, I'm going to take him. I still believe that that guy's going to be an elite quarterback in the National Football League. It was a collective failure for everybody. And he even said when he joined us, he said, I'm going to point the finger at me. He didn't point at everybody else, but the defense didn't play well. The offensive line got injured a little bit. I thought Doug Peterson at times fell victim to the pressure of letting that big league get away from that team in the AFC South. I still believe in his ability. He has elite ability. Right now, I'll still take Trevor Lawrence a little bit over Brock Purdy. All right, Freddie, who you got? Who you taking, Brock Purdy or Kirk Cousins? I'll take Brock Purdy, even though Kirk Cousins has been able to have that name and people giving him a little bit more credit. But coming off a torn Achilles at his age, (laughs) Brock Purdy's future looks a lot better than the past of Kirk Cousins, and he has a better team around him than Kirk Cousins has. And I think Brock Purdy is going to get even better than people want to give him credit for. He could be this generation's version of Joe Montana in that offense with San Francisco if he keeps developing like I think he will. So I'll take Brock Purdy with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I'm going with Brock Purdy as well. Uh, I just can't get out of my mind that Brock Purdy was consistent this season. Did he have a little bit of downs? Of course he did. But he faced that adversity head on, and he was able to help lead this team to a Super Bowl appearance. I'm going with Brock Purdy and Kirk Cousins coming off that Achilles injury. Yeah, give me Brock. We're doing a little Brock Purdy or somebody else when it comes to who our quarterbacks we believe are or not better than him on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, that's him. Freddie Cohen, that's me. Shannon Penn, that's him, our producer. We continue to quarterback carousel involving Brock Purdy. All right, Harry, who you got, Brock Purdy or Deshaun Watson? Which quarterback you taking? I'm going Brock Purdy. I'm going Brock Purdy because I'm still waiting for Deshaun Watson not to return Mm -hmm. to the play that we've seen from the Houston Texans, Mm -hmm. but to be way better than we have seen him the last two years. And that's last year, the entire season, before he got injured, but also the year before and the the minimal games that he played. Um, towards the tail end of the of the season. So I'm going to go Brock Purdy. Me too. I mean, I'm hoping that Sean Watson is going to be that guy because he's got 230 million reasons plus mm-hmm. that he better be that dude or, co- or close to that dude that we saw at the Houston Texans and more than a couple of times with the Cleveland Browns in the last season and a half, and he has not been able to play a full season, one because of what happened in Houston and last year because of injury. But I'm with you on that one because I'm hoping that we're going to see that Deshaun Watson. Because if we do, we saw a guy that played at an elite level. If we don't see it, that's a lot of money, but not a return on investment if you are the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson. All right, next quarterback up, Freddie. Who you got, Brock Purdy or Justin Fields? That's Brock Purdy. I hope that the Chicago Bears haven't failed him because I still believe in his ability. I think if he gets to the right situation, we're going to see that guy that I saw at Ohio State be that guy that was a Heisman Trophy contender, but – I just have – I'm using Devin Kane's line while producers. I still got to see it when it comes to Justin Fields. And that's 
maybe no longer Chicago Bears problem. But somebody else will give Justin Fields that opportunity, and I hope he can justify the faith that I have in him. But I'll take Purdy over him. Man, I love me some Justin Fields, but like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. I can't ignore the consistency that I'm seeing from Brock Purdy. So I'm going Brock Purdy with this one as well. Wow, Dev, are you hearing that right now? Of course Harry, he is. Four straight for Brock Purdy so mm-hmm. far. Just want to just keep it scored. Just just keeping tabs. Yeah, that's not, four. Not, that's four yeah. straight. Mm-hmm. The per- quarterbacks, the Purdy's mm-hmm. taking over. Just want to let you know that, Dev. Mm-hmm. I'm marking hey, this, this down. Hey, we're just talking about for the 2024 season. Exactly. What we feel right now. We're not talking. I'm not talking about duration of of a career. Thank you. I'm just talking about for the 2024 season. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's, there's school, a, school them. There's also four or five guys in the AFC that just weren't included on this list. Let's just be honest. Well, yeah. We're crazy. We're not stupid. We're not going to state the obvious. Thank All you. All right, cool. Well, since you mentioned AFC quarterbacks, let's go to another one. Harry, who you got? <laughs> Brock Purdy or Russell Wilson? Which quarterback? Give me taking? Brock. Rock out with your Brock out. Purdy, do your thing. And right now, that's not even close. <laughs> I'm with him on that one. I'm not going to rock out by Brock out. I like to keep things clean here as far as that goes. But I'm with you because I look at Russell Wilson. I'm wondering who's going to take a chance on him and what quarterback are we going to see? Are we going to see a guy that got beaten down mentally by Sean Payton, was able to rise above it, then got beaten down, had a spot taken away, and he put in Jared Stidham because he was tired of him, meaning Sean Payton with Russell Wilson. So, yeah, I'll take Brock Purdy in this one because I wonder if we have seen the last of Russell Wilson as a starting quarterback to that level or any level in the National Football League. All right, last one, Freddie. Who you got, Brock Purdy or Jared Goff? Which quarterback you taking? I'm going to still take Jared Goff. I think his team failed him in the second half of that game. Had a couple of drops. I know the one he got off the spot by Nick Bosa, and that's a pass you can usually make in his sleep. But I'll take Jared Goff just a little bit more than Brock Purdy, even though Brock Purdy was sensational in the second half of the NFC Championship game versus Detroit. Well, might as well not slow down now. Oh, boy. Go, Brock, go. Here we go. Let all your haters and your doubters know (laughs) I'm going Brock Purdy because in the second half of that game, it was 13 of 16, 174 yards, one touchdown pass, 49 rush yards. I have in my mind right now, third and four on a drive to go down and score a touchdown. Vanilla Vic doing his thing. Brock Purdy with the, the the magic, being a magician, avoiding a sack, throwing the ball to Cal Use check on the sideline. He over there looking like a, a ballerina, twinkle toes, catching that ball on the sidelines. That was perfectly thrown by Brock Purdy. Go, Brock, go. Let all your haters and your doubters know. Oh, he keeps doing that. And I think that's only scratching the surface when it comes to Brock Purdy and that narrative that he's going to continue to shift on his side and it gets those naysayers out there. And believe me, you know they're waiting to strike if he does not play well this Sunday versus Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City in Super Bowl 58. Mr. Brock Purdy himself, a.k.a. Harry Douglas, and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us. And Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. At a certain point, Brock Purdy and the 49ers have to deal with this team that has a new head coach that has learned so much from the first time around and from Herm Edwards, one of our own. He joins us next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together we are Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. My man Harry Douglas has not stopped smiling has not stopped cheesing ever since his Atlanta Falcons. Ah! That was for you, Harry, and everybody else out there. Hired Raheem Morris as their head coach, and I know he's excited getting another chance to be a head coach in the National Football League and the coaching the Atlanta Falcons. He joins us here on Freddie and Harry. What does it feel like, now that you've been named the coach, Coach Morris, what has it been like for you ever since you get another opportunity to be a head coach in the National Football League? You know, first I got to talk about Harry because he sets the standard <laughs> of what a Falcon should look like and what it should play like. So I got to talk about him first. But okay. <laughs> it is absolutely outstanding. And it is, um, it's a great opportunity, but it's more than just an opportunity. It is, um, it is a chance to come home. It is a chance to do big things with people that you love. It's a chance to do things with people that you care about um, and to make this thing happen. We got such a, a collaborative mindset, myself and Terry, to get together and really hammer, hammer home the things we need to get hammered home in order to go out there and compete at the highest level. And I, I couldn't I couldn't be in a higher state uh, than I am right now. And, Coach, I got to ask you, I remember when you got your first head coaching job when you was in Tampa, right? Then you got the interim job in Atlanta a few years ago. Since those moments, how would you say you've been able to grow now as the Atlanta Falcons head coach moving forward in 2024? You know, it's really – even hard to, to think about the things, but the growth just from the last time of being the interim head coach here in Atlanta is unbelievable. Going out, seeing the shared vision with Les Need and Sean McVay and that organization, the flow and how it goes, the communication with the owner, uh, being able to be a part of that, being let behind those curtains, 
um, to see how that works and to see how everything happens for you, um, the support that they showed out that way, and how you're able to go out there, win a Super Bowl with the team that was expected to do it, and absolutely get the job done, kind of fall off another year and falling off and, and being able to have to reset that thing and start it all over again and start young, have to build from your pillars from the ground up. Um, all of that growth in just the last three years has significantly made me better. And it significantly gave me a different perspective on everything and how you want to lead teams and how you want to collaborate and how you want to be with your owner and all your GM and everybody that's involved. Um, that is the first thing with that, with that incident. And when you talk about going back when I was 32 and had all the answers, man, it's hmm. just growth throughout that whole process, right? Being around great coaches like Mike Shanahan and watching other coaches leave and get a, part, get a chance to do what they're doing, right? We're going to get a chance to watch Kyle Shanahan this weekend with San Francisco 49ers and what he's been able to do and being around him and being around all those different people. Just has really helped to shape the, the whole part of your career. You still, just like all other good coaches do, they steal from good coaches, steal those things, make it a part of you, make it a part of your fabric and go. Great stuff. I'm Raheem Morris, the Atlanta Falcons head coach, and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. A guy that we know pretty well, that you know pretty well, is Herm Edwards, now an ESPN NFL analyst. Coach Morris, we had him on our show yesterday. He talked about the beginnings when it came to you in the National Football League. Raheem was at Hofstra when I became a head coach, and I didn't know him. We were out there in the summer, you know, not in the summer, but uh, the off season. You have your you have your 15 days of OTAs and all that, and he walks out to practice one day and says, you know, I introduces himself. And I said, oh, how you doing, Raheem Morris? Okay. And he says, I want to coach. I said, really? And he goes, yeah, what you do? He's, you played secondary. It's okay. I said, so I just want to, you know, I said, okay, I'll tell you what you do. You show up next day. He shows up, comes to the meeting, and I, and I let him sit in the back of the room, and he kind of sat back there, and he was a DB guy and helped with the DBs, just kind of watching and, you know, observing. And then uh, Monty Kiffin calls me from Tampa. Right. Um, and he's saying, you know, I'm looking for a, a young guy, and I, I got a guy. He said, who's that? So Raheem Morris. He said, who? I said, yeah, he's working with me, and just, you know, working with me in OTAs. I said, I think he's going to be a good coach. He's a young guy, smart, you know. He says, really? He says, give me. I said, yeah. So I told God, I mean, call Monty Kiffin. Mm-hmm. And he goes down there to Monty. And that's how I kind of got started for him. How much do you think about that day that kind of set everything in motion for you, Coach Morris, to get to where you are now? You know, my Jets opportunity with Herm Edwards when he got the head coaching job is probably one of the more significant moments because I got that internship and I was able to be around great coaches like Ted Cottrell, Herm Edwards, Bill Briley, um, a bunch of different guys, right? And and to go down there and to be able to do that with those guys are really up there. Um, to be with those guys was, was really good for me, right? It was great to be around great coaches. It opened up the avenues for me to come down here and meet Monty, Monty Kiffin in Tampa and be around Mike Tomlin and be around Joe Barry. And, you know, just like Herm explained, you know, he gave me an opportunity. He invited me back, and I took full advantage of it by showing up every single day, you know, whether it was OTA days or whether it was just helping David Merritt, who was their quality control coach at the time, to do whatever it took to get into that building, to be a part of it, to find a way to get better. And really, I thought I was trying to, I thought I was really self-improving to go be the best DB coach at Hofstra, but who knew it would turn into this, and it did. Well, I'm glad you were wow. able to get that opportunity. Uh, it, it was a luxury for me, Freddie, to be able to play mm-hmm. against Raheem Morris as he was coaching in Washington or when he was in Tampa because uh-huh. one of the things I always admired about him is that he was going to have his group and his guys ready. And we always knew we were going to be in a dogfight, but that's the kind of co- culture that he set amongst the secondary, amongst defenses that he's been able to be a part of. So, Coach, that leads me to my next question. You know I'm from the south side of Atlanta, and you know we dying for some winning football. But, you know, before the winning can come, in my hey, Harry, opinion. Man, the only thing that matters is winning. 
and you got to go out there and win and develop a winning culture. And you got to develop the fact that people got to expect that to happen. And you got to go out there and make it happen. And I said it yesterday, but it's really true. It is definitely a mentality before it's ever reality. And we got to, we got to live that way. No, that, that's what I respect about you, man, because I know how passionate you are about winning and nothing matters what you do, and you understand this, unless you win. That's what the people want. That's what ownership wants. That's what the players want to do. That's what you want as a coaching staff. So, man, I'm, I'm glad to have you in the A-Town, bro. Real quick, Coach Morris, what was the scouting report on Harry Douglas? Oh, uh, man, let me tell you something. It wasn't just Harry Douglas, man. They had a whole crew. And this crew that we went to go play, whether it was Harry and it was Roddy and it was Julio, and the mentality that you had to bring to the game was just different because you knew it was going to be a dogfight whether you were talking about Harry finishing blocks or catching the ball and finishing with vertical shoulders, mm-hmm. or you were talking about Julio possibly taking you down the field or coming <laughs> to crack block. And then Roddy, he was kind of this ring leader as the older guy, and he was kind of that guy that everybody looked up to kind of in, a, in that deal that we already knew. And then Harry just brought this whole new deal about it, right? And I remember Harry waiting from Louisville because Louisville, I had a quick spin in Kansas State, and we had to play those guys. And Harry rolled in there and put hands on us. He don't even know probably I was there at that point. But <laughs> Harry has always been one of the toughest guys in the National Football League and one of the guys that just moved the chains on third down, and he really worked his butt off to be one of the best premier players in Atlanta Falcon history, in my opinion. Now, Coach, i got to ask you about this roster because you got some dynamic pieces across the board. What excites you the most about the Falcons roster that you have? You know, it's really a credit to what Terry and his staff have done, you know, since we've been, since we've been gone. They've added some really key pieces, and they've been able to keep some of the good pieces that are already here. Right? When you talk about that O-line, you talk about Jake being a staple, and you're talking about Caleb McGarry, you talk about Chris Lindstrom, guys that were here. They add two pieces up front with those guys, and they've really got a, a, a O-line that's got some real swagger to them. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about the backs that they got, Tyler Ajay, you're talking about B. John Robinson. I mean, guys that can touch the ball and, and carry the load, Kyle Pitt, Drake London. I mean, physical style of players that have had breakout seasons and just looking, itching to get back to what they want to be. And I, I, it excites me. John o. Smith, like, it excites me with the possibilities that we got on offense and that we can do there. And then you look at the other side of the ball, and you got the staple Grady Jarrett coming back off of injury. You got Jesse Bates, who had an all-star, just phenomenal Pro Bowl season. And it, it is so much fun to go back and watch and come back and see A.J. Terrell developing what he's developing to. And it's exciting on all levels. I mean, our inside backers, we got length, we got size, we tackle. I love everything about it. Let's go out there. Let's get our pass rush going. Let's get some of the things going with this team. Let's get some teams to get some edge. Let's earn some spots. And let's go out there and go to work, man. Like, if we can play good all-around football, we're going to be a problem. Raheem Morris, the Atlanta Falcons head coach. Great stuff by him joining us here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I am Freddie Coleman. He's Harry Douglas. All right, Coach, I think the one thing that's really the question mark for this football team, in my opinion, and, and probably a lot of other people's as well, is the quarterback position. How do you evaluate that position moving forward? Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You know, we have to explore all avenues. And that means via trade. That means free agency. That means the draft. But you know what it looks like, Harry, right? You yep. played with the guy who really set the standard for the organization on what quarterback play looks like. I was fortunate enough to be around a guy who's setting the standard at two different organizations on what it looks like to be a quarterback with Matthew Stafford. And you're talking about base. You're talking about balance. You're talking about decision-making. You're talking about being decisive on his decision and clicking through progressions. And if we go find that guy and whatever avenue it is and add it with this young roster and this young team and this hungry team and this hungry, really this hungry community and this hungry state, right, it, it, it's, it's this hungry city, it's going to be special. And, like, it's exciting just to talk about and to think about, right? You got all the explore that's about to go on these next couple of months. We're talking about the combine, and we're talking about draft preparation. We're talking about free agency. Whether somebody wants to trade a pick to you, it is what it is, right? It should be a lot of fun for all of us. It's exciting, and like you got to look forward to those things, right? That's the things you look forward to. Those things that makes you excited about coaching. Those things that make you excited about making a difference. And we can. And they're able to trampoline that excitement, get to the playoffs in 2024. That means the former Falcon, Harry Douglas, will be unbearable on Freddie and Harry if Raheem Morris, the new Atlanta Falcons head coach, has his way. Great stuff by him. Ah! There we go. Joining us here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Coach Morris, thank you so much for the time. Go get him in the offseason. Good luck in the upcoming regular season as well. Thank you, guys. Always look forward to talking to you. And we can't wait to talk to him again because I don't think Harry's excitement is going to dim no matter what goes on, because a lot of people are excited about this hire, and it's really, really interesting that you can look at Raheem Morris and the Atlanta Falcons as two of the reasons why Bill Belichick is not coaching in the NFL in 2024. Yeah, I just honestly feel like he's the right guy for the job. Um, He's youthful. He's very, very highly intelligent. He understands both sides of the ball. He's going to utilize those playmakers. But also from a defensive perspective, we got to remember he was able to win a Super Bowl with the Los Los Angeles Rams, right? Mm -hmm. So he had a few more years on that side of the ball and being able to bring some of those schematics and those schemes. Uh, You've seen Jalen Ramsey speak out about him becoming the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, uh, basically saying that he's one of the best coaches that he's ever had in his life. That's high praise, right, from a player of that caliber. So I just think he's the right fit for Atlanta and being able to implement his culture and what he wants the Atlanta Falcons football to look like and mean to people moving forward. I'm glad he got another opportunity because it would be very easy after things ended that way with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and even he admitted, yeah, I was a little young and headstrong being a head coach the first time around. Those lessons that he had to learn could pay off because I mentioned Bill Belichick's name. 
even talk about how headstrong he was the first time he got a head coaching job, the Cleveland Browns, even though they made the playoffs one time. Boy, did he learn his lessons well with that 2024-year 20, run here at the Patriots. Not saying that could be the same thing in Atlanta, but if anybody can learn their lessons and make it work after what happened in the first job, Raheem Morris could be on that kind of path when it comes to making things right and making the Atlanta Falcons team a championship team down in the deep south. I think that's also a testament to all the coaches, right, amongst their first opportunities that did not go well. Mm-hmm. It's not it's, – who's to say that you won't get that opportunity again, but being yeah. able to learn from your previous mistakes yep. and using it uh, as one of your strengths and to your advantage moving forward when you're able to get another job as a head coach in the National Football League. Yeah, if you hang around long enough, that will come around to yep. your name and then be ready. You always be ready. You stay ready. Things are going to happen for you. He is Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter. At HDouglas83, I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, part of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. And in the NBA, somebody thinks that the son of LeBron James should have nothing to do with LeBron James in the NBA. Find out about that next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry on the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It's presented by Progressive Insurance. Plenty of people wondering, is LeBron James going to get his way by playing on the same team with his son? He has been very, very out and about trying to do everything he can to play in the NBA with his two sons, especially Bronny James right now, a freshman at USC. That is something he wants to do. Well, somebody who knows a little bit about being a basketball-playing son and playing in the NBA is Austin Rivers, son of Doc Rivers, now ESPN NBA Today analyst. When he was on Monday's show, he has some advice for Bronny saying, I know what your dad wants, but I went through something similar, similar situation, but also different. I was already in the NBA when I went to go play for him. What happens is a lot of people start to discredit everything that you've done. This kid has been in the limelight since he was born. First day on Instagram, he had a million followers. He's handled it so well. He's played well at Sierra Canyon amongst talent and was able to get himself to a school like USC. Right now, his numbers don't scream pro. So if he is to go in the draft or if he gets picked, it'd be great to get picked up by a contending team that could help him put him in a situation because he does have talent. He does have basketball IQ. He has potential. Him going and play with his dad at this point in his career, just because Bronny's success isn't at a top tier level, him getting drafted and playing with his dad, it just, I don't want that negativity to come his way because he doesn't deserve it. He's not a top 10 pick. He's not a lottery pick. He's he's none of those things. I was all those things. And then still, when I went to go play for the Clippers, people were like, oh, you're, you're only in the league because you're not. After me being the number one player in the, in the, in the United States two years prior. Well, here's the major difference. Okay. And what Austin is talking about versus what's going on with LeBron James and his son. LeBron James is viewed by a lot of people as the greatest of all time. Now, I think that's Michael Jordan, but that's a story for another day. Mm-hmm. But he's viewed mm-hmm. into that light. Right. So it doesn't matter if LeBron James retires 30 years and Bronny James comes along. There's still going to be people that discredit what Bronny does because sure. of who his father was. Yeah, the Michael Jordan's two sons went through the same thing in college basketball. Exactly. So here's another piece of it, though, Freddie. Um, what I've seen so far from LeBron James in his relationship with his son, I think it actually could be a great thing. Okay. Because I am of the 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 I have the mindset that LeBron is going to make sure his son is okay. Absolutely. I'm with you. So if he's on the basketball team with his son, hey, I'm drawing this double team. Bronny, go ahead and knock this thing down. 
we know Bro- Bronny's probably not going to be a starter if he's on the team with his father. Mm-hmm. Now, can he grow into that role? Of course he could grow into that role. And it's not people discrediting what Bronny's able to do. But I look at it as a father doing everything in his power to make sure his son is okay. I don't know the relationship between Austin Rivers and Doc Rivers sure. in which they had growing up. Sure. But I, I, I just honestly feel like, me personally, I would love to play with my father mm-hmm. because I know how close me and my father and our relationship is. So I'm pretty sure Bronny kind of feels the same way. Not saying he does, I, I don't know. Right. But I'm pretty sure he does with all his father has been able to do and paving the way for his kids. That's your job as a father. Right. To That's, make sure yeah. you put your kids in the best positions possible mm-hmm. to become successful. I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I'm going to go a little bit of a counter to that. I wonder how much more pressure will be putting on his son based on what you just said. Because that's what you want as anyone who's a parent out there. No matter how old your kids get, you're always going to have that. I'm going to protect my child. I don't care if you have one child. I don't care if you have 10 of them. You're always going to want to protect your kids. My mom still wants to do that with me. I'm going to be 59 the end of the year. And she's still going to protect me because mm-hmm. I'm her child. And I do the same thing with my daughter. She's past 30 because that's my child. I just wonder how much more pressure that's going to put on Bronny James. Not so much to produce in the basketball court, but the locker room dynamic. And you understand this. I played in college. You played in college. You played in the National Football League. Locker room dynamics can get very, very gummy. If something is going on and guys like, hmm, not saying that LeBron James doesn't have that respect, has not been accorded that respect, does not bring that respect to the table. No matter where he decides to go after this season, if he decides to stay in Los Angeles or go somewhere else, automatic respect is going to come into that locker room. But you're bringing that kind of dynamic, that kind of element, determined to make sure your son is going to succeed in a place where you've had more than enough success the last 10 million lifetimes. I just wonder about how much of that locker room dynamic could put even more pressure on Bronny James to succeed on the basketball court with his dad protecting him and making sure that he's in the best situation the way that was not happening with LeBron James when he first got to the NBA. And what I would say about LeBron, when you look at the landscape of all the basketball teams that he's been able to play on, Mm -hmm. right, they had an opportunity to contend. And he's also been so dynamic as a player, he's he's also allowed other guys to get paid. When Matthew Delavendova can get hella money in the NBA because he played alongside LeBron, if I'm a player – you want to bring your son in and you come into our organization, fine with me, LeBron, because there's a great chance that we're going to be playing deep into the playoffs. You hope. There's a there's a great chance that I can get a nice contract off of being on this basketball team with you. You hope. So I'm all for it. Okay. I don't know where I stand with it. I'm not waffling. I just – I'm more concerned about Bronny James. Yeah. It has not been that long ago that he had a cardiac event where people are wondering about his health that had nothing to do with basketball and that kind of stress that's going to go along with it. I want him to be the best Bronny James he can be. And I'm not doubting that his mom and his dad will not make sure that's going to be possible. Just when you get locker room politics, man, or even team politics, no matter how great you are, how great you believe you still can be if you're LeBron James, that may not be enough to overrule lock overrule lock room and team politics no matter where he decides to go or if LeBron James has his son play with him at the Los Angeles Lakers. No, I, I respect that, though, Freddie. And it's funny that you, you say this because, like, we're all fathers. Yeah. 
and we want the best for our kids, no matter what. My dad to my to this day, that's, he's my role model. I want to be like him. Yeah, he's the same way with me and my brother and my sister to this day. Yeah, no doubt about that. The one thing that you need to know that's common between Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy has nothing to do with playing quarterback. That's next. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. 